Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership, What's On Your Mind? Remember, we're a podcast to make you stop and think about your leadership journey and we're going to add value by speaking to amazing people with amazing stories and experts in their field. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel and you follow us on your podcast provider. So today we are speaking to Steve. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. Sir? Thank you so much for coming on today. I've heard Steve speak several times over the last couple of years, um, primarily through my role in the Institute of Directors, um, across the water in Liverpool and the Liverpool um, region, which you'll hear a lot more about. There's a specific link there. Um, and I can't wait to try and cram all this into 20 minutes. So um, let's, get, let's go. So as I hit the 20-minute timer, Steve, if you could introduce yourself for the people who don't know who you are and what you do. Yeah, my name is Steve Rotherham. I'm the Metro Mayor of the Liverpool City region. Uh, and that is an area that's 1.6 million people, Holton, Nosley, Liverpool, St. Helens, Sefton and the Wirral. And I'm one of eight kids, um, brought up in a, a matriarchal family and um, working class, ordinary sort of type of background. Left school with a few formal qualifications, went into the construction sector as an apprentice bricklayer, and then somehow found my way into the current job, um, which is the Metro Mayor. But also, I'm married um, and have been for 33 years um, to Sandra and three wonderful kids. Fantastic. But there's a lot in there, that background, that I'm always already going to ask you about. <laughs> so, um, where hashtag leadership, what's on your mind? What comes to your mind when you just hear the word leadership? Well, I think automatically I think of great leaders. Uh, I think of people uh, about leadership because um, that's the, the greatest examples that we have of the types of leadership that you've got, you know, whether it's through times of strife or war or whether it's trying to make the world a better place. So I think about some of the great people that we've seen, you know, historically, and um, the likes of, of course, everybody will say Nelson Mandela or people like that. But I'm a, a Liverpool fan, and I also think of leadership as, you know, something that you can display, something on the pitch, uh, you know, that never say die attitude. And I look at leaders in many, many different guises and forms. Yeah, I like that. We always, I've, I've got a personal drive for that tra um, transactional thing between sport business, high performance, and bringing those different stories that you can transfer the learning from. So I love that you reference both of those. Um, staying with you personally, we really like to dig into where your journey started. So whether it's now on reflection, I'm asking you about it, you're thinking, well, where did my leadership journey start? Or was there a light bulb moment at the time where you were aware that this is where it's starting? How, how far back can we go? I suppose for me, um, my mum and dad split up and, I, you know, I was told that I was de facto, if you like, the, the male head of the household um, at 17. And I was going out and, as I say, I was an apprentice bricklayer, so I was working on building sites. And I was expected to bring money home um, and put it on the table and, and, and keep the family going. So that was very old school. That sounds like it's, you know, pre-war. It's not, I mean, I'm talking about... This was the late 70s, early 80s, um, mm. around my um, youth and sort of um, formative years, I suppose. And everybody else was doing the exact same. So I suppose I took a more independent role 
then. And, and that's the sort of journey that I've always been on. I remember when there was some problems in a place that I work called Pilkington's UK Five site, and we were building this brand new factory for one of the world's greatest glass manufacturers. And some of our colleagues who were the electricians went on strike and we went out in sympathy with them. And I was told as a 17, 18 year old that apprentices couldn't vote in the strike. And we had management watching and they said they'd be watching us. And I purposely put my hand up um, to show my solidarity with fellow workers. And I suppose that's my first instance, if you like, where that independent streak really came to the fore. Yeah, and again, just you explaining that from back then, I'm, I'm already looking forward to what you're doing now. And, and that's exactly the same, isn't it? Do you, do you think, has that stayed a common thread throughout your journey in, in what you stood for, what you're passionate about doing and how you're leading people in your own self for that purpose, if that makes sense? My passion is social justice. I mean, I've got lots and lots of other things that I love, you know, sport and, and politics and, and people. But yeah, the, the thing that has driven that leadership, if you like, is that desire, the inherent desire that I have. And you can't fake that, which is I, I want to try to make things better for people and always have done. Uh, you know, I remember going back to school uh, there was a, a thing called, um, I was in a, a school called Ruffwood, so there was a thing called crime, as they, they try to do with these acronyms, Kirby Ruffwood Youth Movement. Basically, the idea was to go and help people who were less fortunate, in this case, it was pensioners in our area, and to do things that they couldn't do, you know, a bit of gardening or whatever it might be. And I was involved in, in that. So that drive to try to, to help people who for whatever circumstances they find themselves in, aren't able to help themselves. It's something that today is still this exact same passion and the thing that gets me out of bed every single day. I like that. I like that. So <laughs> with your journey in leadership and, and people focused and how, how you've been in lots of different positions to have leadership roles with different amounts of people in different sectors, etc. And um, we ask people to look at like, it has to been a couple of impact moments along the way that have molded you to who you are today, uh, specifically on your leadership journey. And, and we stay sort of positive and negative here. You don't need to reference any names, uh, but what has been some of the things that have really molded how you now approach leadership? What sort of things would you pick out? Yeah, I, I've, I've met some wonderful characters along the way and, and certainly on, on building sites, they were, um, they shaped a lot of the type of person that you become because you have to learn to be resilient and stand up for yourself. So leadership in a slightly different way, which was more defensive rather than, you know, um, strategic or, or looking towards a big vision. But I, I do remember some of those things. I, I went to work in the Falklands just after the cessation of hostilities in 1983. And I, I just thought the way that we were treated because we were away from home there was nothing we could do I mean literally we, we were we were they they held us hostage really uh, we you know they were our captors and they told us what to do when to get up and how many days you worked and all of those sorts of things 
And I remember thinking I'm never going to allow myself to be dominated like that ever again. And when I came back home in 83, the end of 83, because we were away for, away for seven, eight months uh, and, and, you know, hardly any contact with home at that time, there was no mobile phones. I mean, in fact, the, yeah. you had to book a phone call two weeks in advance. So you had to wow. work in the time difference and tell somebody you were going to phone them at a certain time. And for that person, hopefully, to be at the other end of that public telephone yeah. um, when you phone them. So that's how archaic it really was. But when I came back, I, I just decided that I wouldn't work for anybody. So I set up my own business. And again, I think that independent streak that I've got was displayed in the fact that I wanted to lead and not be led. Yeah. Uh, what what some what are some of the leadership lessons you've learned along the way that have really kind of made you stop and think about what you're doing, how you're doing it. And again, I, I know there's a lot of people focused in what you do as well, but the, there must be some lessons along the way that you've, you've had those moments of learning, those light bulbs popping off. I'll never do anything or ask people to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. So, you know, right from sort of an early age, I've, I've also had that as a, a core value, if you like. I don't believe in exploiting anybody. So, the people that I've worked with, you, you could ask them, but I, I'll get stuck in and do anything, you know, whatever it is. And, and there's no airs and graces, and I don't think there should be. And as I say, I've worked with some fantastic leaders over the years, and those who did display a sort of the common touch, they're the ones, I think, that really connected with their workforces and therefore got more out of the the workforce you know they were more productive because people will do that extra little bit go that extra yard for somebody who's not pushing stuff onto them that they wouldn't actually do themselves so but yeah I've, I've learned lots and lots of lessons but probably that's for me one of the most important yeah so you referenced earlier on about and again like previously a long time ago when you started some of the the old school let's say leadership um in the last year or so, we've talked about, like, has leadership changed? And I think with the technology, it's changing at a fast pace. And some of the capabilities of people to lead people, are, that some of the challenges are, are, are changing. From your experience, have you seen a shift in leadership? Have you seen a change? And if that, if there has been, when, when in your journey have you seen that sort of come to light? Or you just on mute, Steve? <laughs> Sorry, mate. I, I think leaders. <laughs> I think leaders are far more under scrutiny now than they've ever been in their lives. You know, both within workforces, but also like to social media or, or the wider media, uh, and you you see things that happen that literally make you you think twice about why somebody would do some of those roles. Look, I, I'm no friend of, of Liz Truss, for instance and she made some absolutely catastrophic errors. But to be under the microscope 24-7, I, I just wouldn't fancy that type of a role. In fact, one of the questions that I got once on uh, another podcast, which is um, on the BBC, was whether I would ever think of becoming the Prime Minister. And I, and I said, not for a big clock, which is a very scouse way of saying, you know, no chance, I'd never yeah. want to do that role. And 
I, yeah, I, I still stand by that. You know, these sorts of of high profile and, and high pressure roles are bad enough. But when you've got everybody outside who's more expert than you are in the role that you're doing, because they can go on to a social media platform and just tell you how crap you are, I think that that's really difficult. So leadership is not just about you know, trying to direct a group of people in a certain direction. It's also communicating that to a much wider audience. And I think we've seen that since the advent of social media. Yeah. It, and again, just from you showing that, the, there's there's big positives and big negatives, aren't there, with this visibility piece of being able to get, you referenced already some of the great leaders out there who are putting great content out there, showing up in a great way. But then there's also the, the microscope bit of you can't please everybody and all that. So it leads me to ask you about politics. Like, why? I know there's the social justice and that kind of making a difference in your local area to a, a lot bigger, um, not just showing up in the local area, your, your leadership role now, what sort of things are you impacting just to share the audience of what's on your plate right now in regards to leadership and what are you getting involved with? Can you give us a bit of a flavour of what you, what's on your plate right now? Yeah, there's a lot on. And by the way, just to go back to my previous comments, I'm not in any way inferring that I thought this trust was a good leader. Quite, quite the antithesis of, of of good leadership, to tell you the truth. It's just the the, um, the spotlight. You know, it's it's on leaders at, at the moment. Yeah. Um, the, the sort of things that we're concentrating on. So this year, 2023, for me is the year of delivery. What I want from all of my teams, and there are a number is to really concentrate on with one pot of money, but now people need to see the tangible difference that winning those pots of money will make to the city region. And public transport is probably the, the most visible of those things. We, we need to obviously address the climate emergency and it's the most important thing, I think, for every one of us. It's the existential threat, isn't it, to the whole of humanity. So we need to do our bit about doing that. But whilst we're doing that, we can actually improve services to people. And, and that's where I want to concentrate lots of my fire this year and to hopefully start seeing the tangible benefits of all of that hard work, not by just by me. And, and we have put some hard work in myself and, and Councillor Liam Robinson, who was my chair of the transport uh, committee, at, at times, genuinely, we've been working really stupid hours, you know, 18, 20 hour days to try and get things resolved. And all of that needs something, doesn't it, that people can see and point to. People like shiny things. Mm -hmm. So when they see these, all of this all running, this transport network, I, I think they'll start to understand the importance of the role and therefore the, the, the importance of, of the leadership that has been shown to take the Liverpool City region in this direction. Yeah, it, can you give us a little bit of an understanding of the people element of your team? Like, from your perspective, and I said this to you when we spoke last at the um, sustainability conference, that the, the people that are behind the scenes, if you like, and that all the things that you're able to pop up and, and champion and be visible and where does that lead regards to who, who is behind the scenes? Who are you leading? What's that look like? 
There's obviously I have a chief executive and that chief executive, um, literally I, I trust and allow to get on with the job, which is to deliver on my manifesto. And so the organisation is geared up around that. It's, it's a bit like government. If you think of government, the permanent civil service are the people who deliver on what the government's manifesto is. So we have, um, you know, upwards of around a thousand people within the combined authority and their role is to ensure that we get this delivery uh, manifesto because the manifesto for me is the strategic direction of the Liverpool city region it is trying to create this better ecosystem which we can attract more inward investment into so more good businesses we can try to retain more of the, the clever people. So stopping the brain drain from our great universities down to, to London and elsewhere, but also to give people a chance of a good job or a second chance if they've been let down. So the whole thing, the whole organization is now geared up around what I put two and a bit years ago into my manifesto and we're, we're making really huge strides in the right direction. What, what's been your experience with um, dealing with a multitude of different people? And that, that just came out to my sort of brain then. I can I explain it a little bit? When I, I sometimes joke with somebody this week actually about leading people and, you know, when they say don't work with animals or children, like, I just put people in general because there are challenges there, aren't there? You must come across so many different people, the diversity of their, what they want from a leader, what their leadership style is, even down to their learning styles and their communication styles. Are you aware of that? Because you deal with so many people and how do you consciously do something about that to make sure that you're showing up as the best for them, also for you as well? It's not as hard as you might think for, for somebody like me. You know, I've been brought up in a big family. Um, I've always had to communicate to people. You know, even when I was self-employed, you have to try and win contracts. So I, I was building fireplaces and knocking on people's doors and trying to persuade them to give me their money to build um, what they wanted. I, I, I think for me, one of the most enjoyable aspects of the job is about that, you know, animals and people and all that sort of stuff and children. I love going to school. So that's not the hard bit. The thing about styles is really um, an interesting point because there are people who've never, ever met me who hate me. And I find that really weird. So they've never met me, but they've just, for whatever reason, because I'm not a polished performer in, in regard to when you see some politicians you know they're almost weird perfect aren't they mm -hmm. and I've never been one of them I, I speak from the heart mostly and sometimes that gets you in trouble because you know if you're all doing that then um, that might not be the the message that a party machine wants to convey yeah but I've always found that to be the best way and I can justify that afterwards because if somebody then does want to debate me or argue about the points I've made if it's from the heart then I don't mind taking anybody on because I've got you know these inherent values and principles that are unshakable so as long as it's part of that um, I think that you display good leadership 
in sticking to your values, where I think leadership is called into question all too often is when people are making it up on the spot and then you have to try to justify that at a later date. And, and, and that for me is not real leadership. That's like pandering, isn't it, to yeah. whatever the, the zeitgeist is at that, that particular moment in time. Yeah, I like that. And again, that awareness of other people and, and you doing that is, is really valuable. I've got one minute left, one minute left. Let's try and cram one more question in. <laughs> Obviously, we talk about a leadership journey and it's never ending. What what do you do? Do you do anything consciously now, this year, to learn, develop, other than just being in the role you are? Because you're learning every day, like those people skills. Do you do anything, reading, podcasts? Well, how do you, and, and how are you going to learn and develop and move forwards? I've done an unconscious bias course, which I found invaluable. Um, that was six weeks and it learned, it, it taught me so much about me, but I learned such a lot from it about leadership and stuff. I'm part of uh, Mike Bloomberg, who was the former mayor of New York. He has got this group um, that he puts money into, so it doesn't cost the public purse any money, but it's a leadership program. So I'm doing this, <laughs> I'm doing a, a program with Harvard. You know, I, I said before, I'm a bricky from Kirby and I'm, I'm doing a, a Harvard degree, you know, really weird. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the day that you believe that you don't need any further education or advice or support or guidance on leadership is the day when you become Liz Trust and just pack it in and go. <laughs> uh, what a great way to finish the podcast. I love that. <laughs> but Steve, thank you so much. Um, invaluable for the audience. And I hope everybody enjoyed that. And as I always say, please, if you what, what were your takeaways from that? And which were the bits that resonated? Which have you got stories around? And please let us know. Um, make sure every Wednesday this week, um, this week, this year, <laughs> and we have a new episode coming out with experts in their field and, and people with amazing stories to give you those light bulb moments and those stop moments to add value to your leadership journey. So, Steve, thank you so much again. Thanks, Jim. And um, we'll see you all next week, ladies and gents. Take care. Bye. Bye.